I'm Curtis Schaefer. And I'm Martine Halverson-Taylor. And this is Sacred and Profane. This week on the show, we're featuring work from one of our lab partners in an ongoing series we call Field Notes. Here in the States, it's become an annual tradition for conservative commentators to bemoan the war on Christmas. That's the idea that Christmas is being pushed out in favor of non-Christian holidays or more secular winter celebrations. But as our fellow, Jue Liang, tells us, in China, the government is actually cracking down on Christmas and many other holidays as the ruling party looks to the calendar as a way to promote Han Chinese identity. We'll let Jue take it from here. On the morning of December 25th, 2019, I woke up to a grapefruit-sized apple by my bedside. I was back at my parents' house in Chengdu after a two-week-long field trip to eastern Tibet. My mom said, Merry Christmas! In Chinese, 圣诞节快乐. That's how you guys celebrate in the States, right? Then the memories came back to me of a time when Christmas was a cool kid's holiday in China. In high school and in college, we gave each other apples on Christmas Eve because the Chinese word for apple, 苹果, rhymes with the good wishes for Christmas Eve, 平安夜, an evening of peace and tranquility. When I was chatting with my friend Xiao later, she also remembers the same tradition. On Christmas Eve, many people have the creative interpretation that they are supposed to uh, gift other apples because apple, 苹果, had the connotation of safety and peace. I remember in school, you will see all sorts of big red apples in all kinds of pretty packaging. This all reminds you of a strong presence of the holiday and you should celebrate it. I grew up in Chengdu an ever-growing metropolis in southwestern China. Churches, mosques, Buddhist and Taoist monasteries are all common sites. These sacred sites are scattered between the six highways circling the city. On Christmas, some go to churches for evening mass and party with friends afterward. Some just go right to the party part. When I was a kid, Christmas was cool, and like a lot of cool things, it was frowned upon by adults. Christmas was a celebration for young people, and young people only. Along with Valentine's Day, it is one of the only two times of the year when teenagers and young adults can celebrate with their friends outside their homes. Christmas was really a small act of rebellion. To me and my friends growing up in Chengdu, it has very little to do with quote-unquote religion. Now that I live in the States, I no longer celebrate Christmas with apples and parties in the way I used to. Not many people back home celebrate either. For the past two years, there has been an official crackdown on Christmas celebrations in China. Another war on Christmas, maybe. Headlines like China bans Christmas circulated around the web. Santa Claus is no longer welcome in a Chinese city where local authorities this year banned all things Christmas. Chinese authorities are cracking down on Christmas. Several cities, schools, and government institutions 
have ordered citizens not to celebrate the holiday and to instead focus on promoting traditional Chinese culture. No Santa, no trees, no stockings, no lights. The kind of cool Christmas I remember as a kid was cool, partly because it didn't feel like a Chinese tradition. And that's exactly why Christmas has become a conflict in China today. According to China's constitution, religion should be independent and free from foreign interference. Christmas isn't the only celebration that has become controversial in the last few years. The tightening grip does not only affect Western holidays and traditions like Christmas or Valentine's Day. Right now, official and traditional holidays from across China are battling for space in the Chinese calendar. For example, the International Workers' Day on May 1st has been extended into a week-long holiday. So is the first day of October, the National Day of the People's Republic of China. But the new National Day celebration often overlaps with the Mid-Autumn Festival, a popular folk festival. Other folk or traditional holidays have disappeared from the official calendar altogether. Just because they're no longer official doesn't mean people have stopped celebrating them. I asked around for stories of holidays celebrated by the young and old, in public and in private, among smaller groups or in the wider community. There are also stories of shifting dates, forgotten traditions, and people trying to keep those traditions alive as the calendar changes. Do you mind sharing with us your religious beliefs? Uh, I don't have any religious beliefs. Meet my friend Xiao again. She grew up in the more rural areas in southwestern China and received her college education in the city. When I asked her about her impression of Christmas, it wasn't very religious at all. This is a time you can buy all sorts of discounted stuff. Everywhere is lit up by colorful lights. You also see Santa Claus everywhere, in store windows, outside of the gated communities, or even outside schools. I asked her, do you celebrate Christmas? I sometimes celebrate Christmas when friends say, let's go out to eat dinner, shopping, or to go see a movie. Then we go out. If no one asks me to go out and celebrate, I won't celebrate it myself. For her, it is not a tradition that she grew up with. When I grew up, it's a cultural development era. No one knows about Christmas. We read a little passage about Christmas in our textbooks. We know it's a Western holiday, but Christmas had nothing to do with us. Another friend of mine who works an office job sees Christmas as a time where adults make up excuses to have a little fun. After graduating and getting a job, Christmas became even more important to me. We needed more holidays to break up the daily grade of work. So last year, we put up small Christmas trees and decorated the whole office. We even got Christmas special wines so everyone could relax together. 
特特制的这种。However, she also told me that due to recent measures to crack down Christmas, this celebration only made one appearance. The Christmas trees might be taken down, and the decorations nowhere to be found. But remember those apples? They take on another different meaning in my conversation with a group of Tibetan college students. Christmas for them is certainly not the most important holiday, but they occasionally participate, especially in their college with their non-Tibetan friends. In their experience, the act of giving apples is interpreted as an offering, a distinct Buddhist notion. When they gave me apples, they told me that you need to make a wish, something like wishing your whole family to be healthy and safe on Christmas Eve. Whatever wish you have, you can tell Santa Claus. He will hear your wishes and make them come true. Here, the Tibetan student Joma refers to Santa Claus as Shendan Lao Ye, Old Grandpa of Christmas or Old Lord of Christmas, a term usually reserved for local deities in Chinese. Another student, Digi, chimed in, saying that she has also heard that people pray to Christmas trees at night. When it is the only thing lit up in the darkness. Of course, Old Lord Christmas is hardly the most important god in any of the many traditions in today's China. For these Tibetan students, a quiet, semi-public commemoration called Golden Nongche is the most important day of the year. But like Christmas, it is a holiday that is being pushed out of China's public calendar. Golden Nongche is a day that commemorates the day of birth and enlightenment for the renowned Buddhist master Jay Zongkaba. It falls on the 25th day of the 10th month of the Tibetan calendar, usually in November or December. The most important holiday for me is the day of birth and enlightenment for the renowned Buddhist teacher Jay Zongkaba. I have been celebrating this since I was a kid. We all light butter lamps as a family, and it is a happy event for all of us. Digi also chimed in, saying that this is a day you cannot be angry or sad. You have to be happy. In high school, sometimes we get a day off for Namche Duche. I attend high school in a Tibetan autonomous prefecture, so we're allowed to go to the monastery on that day. Because I'm from Serta. Serta is a county in eastern Tibet, where Larung Buddhist Academy or Larungar is. Larungar is likely the biggest Buddhist monastery in the world. We will all go to Larungar. There's a lot of preparatory work to do because we take this day very seriously. The festival goes from eight in the evening to four in the morning. It is a day of quiet meditation and prayers. Because my high school sits right across the monastery, we are not allowed to go during class time, but we can go when school is dismissed, and we're supposed to eat only vegetarian on that day. For another student, Joma from Dahu, she remembers fondly when she was in elementary school. Teachers would just cancel class on that day and take all the kids to the monastery. In middle school. Everyone will gather on the track field with their own butter lamps at night and pray together. 
These names are supposed to stand as a Buddhist metaphor of wisdom that dispels darkness of ignorance. 然后到这边的话，就到这大学的话 ，When I arrived here for college, no one organizes anything for non-Chinese students. But no one also prohibits us from doing it. You can do whatever you want. I have a friend who is very knowledgeable in Buddhist practices, so every year he will remind us of the festival and collect donations for prayers and butter lamps. We can either do it ourselves or ask him to light the butter lamps for us. There are no public recitations of scriptures, but we will read some of Master Zongkapa's writings on our own. Another important holiday for both Han Chinese and Tibetans is the Lunar New Year. The most meaningful festival in the whole year is probably the Lunar New Year.、Yeah. The others. Oh, and Sakadawa. Um, the others are not that important. For the younger Tibetan students I talked to, the struggle of celebrating New Year or Losar in Tibetan starts when they have to get up super early, like four in the morning. If you don't get up early on the first day of New Year, you just can't be early that whole year at all. This is what my mom told me. Beyond that, much of what it means to celebrate the New Year is considered lost by many, including Dorje and Tlamo. They are both Tibetans educated in Han Chinese schools from an early age on, and are now teaching in colleges in Chengdu. Tamo grew up in eastern Tibet, an area traditionally adjacent to the Han Chinese culture, and has adopted the Chinese calendar when celebrating the New Year. Dorje grew up in Lhasa in central Tibet, where the Tibetan calendar remains operative in such celebrations. Despite their cultural differences, both Dorje and Lamo agree that Nianwei, the flavor of the New Year, is no longer readily accessible.、Mm. When I was a kid, the Nian Wei for Tibetan New Year was much stronger, and I looked forward to the celebration. Not so much these days. Plus, all of my older relatives passed away, so I feel even less of a need to go back to Lhasa. There's no official campaign against the Lunar New Year. But Dorje and Lamo don't even do New Year's anymore. It is too crowded, because everyone gets off on the same days. Traffic is crazy. They usually meet with family members before or after, or sometimes even choose to travel abroad to avoid the crowd. During the New Year celebrations, especially on the first day, we will get up very early, and my mom will take us to pray to Avalokiteshvara. Yes, we do that too. So we have a custom of doing that. We must go to the monastery. Yes, to be more specific, we must go to the Jokan. People usually put on their Sunday best when going to the Jokan temple, but the New Year is on quite another level. Dorje again. 比较会人们比较比较怎么说？ 
People take their appearances very seriously. Our family's style is quite simple, so we just pick something neat and clean for the new year. But not for some other people. They absolutely show up in style. They really... How to put it? Capture all of your attention. When their whole family shows up, you can't take your eyes off them. What they wear on their neck, what they put on their heads, what they hold in their hands. You have to look at them. They are truly respectable. Nowadays, there is a saying in Lhasa by local people that you can only taste the flavor of the new year in the countryside, not within the city of Lhasa. Even though there are people in the city who want to preserve the tradition of a long New Year celebration and to create an atmosphere for it, it always felt forced. If anyone can be completely relaxed and take a week, even 10 days off to celebrate the New Year, it has to be those living in the countryside. Again, the calendar. This time, our five days a week work calendar remains a factor in deciding when, where, and how we celebrate, in public or private, in groups big or small, or even just by ourselves. As I wrap up this audio documentary, it is approaching the end of the year and the holiday season returns again. For many, after a global disturbance of celebrations everywhere, this might be a time for the flavor of the new year to come back again. My friends Xiao, Dorje, and Famo, and the Tibetan students all commented on how the pandemic had put pause on their year-end celebrations in 2020. However, as a mass Thanksgiving travel returns in the States, I have reason to believe that back at home, the traditions will see a revival as well. The youth might skip school to celebrate Christmas with friends. The line to make smoke offerings might come back. Butter lamps and prayers will light up the sky in the evening of Golden Launcher. And most importantly, the spectacular New Year Ensemble will once again catch everyone's eyes in Jokon. No matter what is written on the official calendar, holidays are still part of the rhythm of their years and mine. Sacred and Profane was produced for the Religion, Race, and Democracy Lab at the University of Virginia. Our senior producer is Emily Gaddick. Our program manager is Ashley Duffalo. Today's episode was reported by Jue Liang. Music for this episode comes from Blue Dot Sessions. You can find out more about our work at religionlab.virginia.edu or by following us on Twitter at The Religion Lab.